Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Beth. How are you doing today? Thank you for joining this session. Hi, Naomi from Southern California. I bet you it's sunny there, is it? So cloudy here. <laughs> Good morning from Santa Fe. Okay, how are you? Beth, I'm, I'm doing good. Oh, it's cloudy there too, Naomi. Okay, I feel better now. <laughs> we are going on a camping adventure next week. Well, tomorrow actually, but we're gonna be going until Wednesday. And I look at the rain, uh, at the weather forecast and it shows rain, 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 rain <laughs> every single day. So we are packing lots of activities to do indoors, just in case. Good morning from Western Canada. Hi, Trish. You love rain. I guess it's nice. Uh, I love rain, but if I have to hike for like five hours in the rain, I don't know if I love it, but I'll do the best out of it. So allow yourself to take a few deep breaths. Just set the intention for this session. Just remind yourself why you came this morning and feel free to share it in the chat. Why did you come this morning to this session? What would you like to get out of this session? And then together we're going to make it happen. Okay. We're going to make it happen. So why did you join this morning guys? Good morning, Sue. How are you doing? Yeah, I felt inspired to, to do this session because I have been doing some work on myself uh, with my therapist and my wife, Samantha, has also been doing some work uh, with herself. And I did learn quite a few things and I became aware of a lot of stuff around my triggers and, and how I react to things. And I know that this is a reality for, for everybody, right? We all have triggers. We all have buttons that when someone push them, you just react, right? <laughs> how to control my emotional triggers. Thank you, Trish. Uh, how many of you have buttons that when they are pressed, you explode? And sometimes you don't even know why, right? You just get in this state, emotional state that, that you just think, what happened? Like, why am I feeling this way, right? Why am I running away? Or why do I have this huge knot in my stomach? Or why can't I almost breathe? Because I'm like, uh, you know what I mean? How Iran just have a lot of them too. So guys, are you willing to share any of them? So what is an emotional trigger for you? And I'm going to share some of mine so that we can work through them and then we can we can see how to move forward, right? For those of you who are new here, I don't know if there are any new people in, in this live, but my name is Emilio Jose Garcia and I love doing lives on topics around intentional living. So my mission in life is making intentional living simple, fun and available to every person on the planet. Okay. So Susan says, I am doing my first ketamine treatment today to help alleviate the anxiety and the PTSD and the triggers and find some peace. 
Wish me luck and I am very happy to be with you all this morning. Susan, amazing. I'm, I'm honoring you for doing such, such hard work because it is difficult to do this work. I'm not going to lie. You are going to be facing lots of stuff. You're going to be unpacking things that most likely are going to be emotional. They're going to trigger you in, in so many different ways that you still don't understand. And this is the secret of, of this is what we are trying to cover today. Okay. We're going to try and find tools to start digging deeper in a, in a way that doesn't, doesn't create so much anxiety that you just get blocked. Right. Uh, yeah. Wishing you all the best, Susan. And you are ready. Of course you are ready. You are here and you took steps to take that treatment. You are ready. And let me tell you that when you are ready, Susan, you will be able to change whatever you are facing because you are going to be willing to look at what happened, willing to understand it, willing to forgive, willing to do whatever it takes for you to let go of that energy blockage that you are facing, that burden that you are carrying with you, right? And this is this is all of us, guys. We are carrying so much stuff, so many beliefs, so many experiences in our backs, and sometimes it feels so heavy that we can barely walk, right? It's just so much, right? So it's so nice sometimes to let go of stuff and then just feel a little bit lighter, a little bit like, it just is such a relief, okay? So guys, what are some of the triggers that you are facing right now? Just feel free to share some in the comments, okay? Trigger, when my family treats me like little girl and is pointing to all my weak habits. Christine, amazing, thank you for sharing. And that's a big one for me. That's a huge one for me. And you will see why. Because when I share, you will see that the root of some of my problems, it's because of that specific thing that you are saying. Someone pointing at me only what I did wrong never praising what I did right. And it's not because they were mean. It's not because they, it's because that's what they believe was the best for me. They believe that by doing that, they will helping me grow. They will, they were helping me become a better person. So they did believe that they didn't do it intentionally to hurt me. But when someone does that to you all the time, your confidence is not, it's not high. You just, you are afraid of doing stuff because Someone is going to always point what you did wrong and they are going to never praise you for everything that you did right. They, they, they are not going to let you fail. They, they are not going to allow you to have space and time to learn at your pace, right? So big one. Thank you. Uh, good morning, Susan. I hope your burden is lifted. Good luck. When my husband doesn't want to stay present in our relationship, then I lose my presence too. Thank you, Sarah, for sharing that. My little brother knows this trigger. Thank you, Christine. Susan sending, sending you so much love. Trigger. So Marisa says, blaming me for things I am not responsible for. So you are blaming yourself for things that you are not responsible for. Good one. So guys, when you start feeling these triggers, like what's going on? How do you change in your body? Like how, how do you change? Feeling as if I'm not being listened to. Beth, thank you for sharing. Do you find, guys, when you are triggered, do you find yourself getting lost? Do you find yourself losing control? Or can you observe the trigger from a neutral place and understand it? 
So tension in my body. I feel my chest tightening, okay? Trigger interrupting me in mid-story as if I weren't speaking. Thank you, Catherine. And what happens when you feel that trigger? Do you lose control and just get like a tantrum? Or do you just like shut down? Uh, hi, Nati Nati, good morning. Naomi says, I react instead of stepping back to respond calmly. Thank you, Naomi. I think we all do that sometimes and it's just my throat closes. Yes, lost control in the past, cried a lot, but now learned a lot on Inside Timer. Amazing, Christine. Deep sadness, self-neglect and withdrawal. Trigger being ignored when I am speaking. Uh, Claire being ignored by, by who? Do you have a specific person or is just in general? Deep sadness and self-neglect, yeah, withdrawal. That, that's great, guys. So you, are, you guys are becoming very aware of, of what's going on. And that's one of the first step, right? I just wanna share with you some of the things that I was, I withdraw to. You will see that that's a pattern. So this is an exercise that I did with my therapist. It's called uh, the polyvagal theory. And it's basically, it's the window of tolerance that we all have to experiences, right? Uh, Beth says, since I have been meditating, I can step back a bit more but sometimes I'm still very reactive. Thank you so much for sharing that, Beth. That's so true. And I think we all feel that way. Sometimes we have the capacity to slow down, calm, and then stay neutral and then observe what's going on in our bodies. But sometimes we just get into the emotion. We, we get carried into that emotion. We lose control and that emotion just takes over, right? And then we just react. We say things that we don't mean. We just explode. We may have a tantrum, we would just leave and shut the door really. We may be passive aggressive, that's something that I do a lot. I don't speak up for myself and then when I'm frustrated, I am passive aggressive. And the other person, especially my wife, she senses that. She knows what I'm doing and she gets even more upset with me because I cannot voice my, my request. Uh, what theory please spell thank you? Yeah, Angie, I'm gonna go to it. Some of it's tightened and shut down or reactive when not centered, when centered, I calmly state that I was speaking. Amazing, Catherine. So this theory, it's called polyvagal. It's P-O-L-Y-V-A-G-A-L, okay? Don't worry, I will share this in the circle if, if you cannot see it, but that's how you pronounce that, right? So this theory, it was really good because states what your window of tolerance is, okay? When you are in the window of tolerance, I will call it your comfort zone, your, your certainty, your familiarity. When you are in there, thank you so much for writing that down, guys. So you are feeling, you are feeling focused, you are feeling logic, you are feeling passion, you are feeling you can resolve problems, you are feeling curious, uh, you communicate, you connect, you feel safe, okay? So, and this is, you You have self-time, you have space with others, you have, so you feel in a good state of mind. You are self-control, okay? So you, you feel like love, you can feel joy, you can feel peace, you can feel patience, you can be patient, and then you can be gentle and kind, okay? That's your optimal energy state, right? That's your window of tolerance. When you are in that state, you are thriving, you are feeling safe, you don't have to worry about things, right? What happens 
when someone push a button and then you are triggered or something happens that triggers you. So there are two options here, okay? From this window of tolerance, you can go up or you can go down. So when you go up, they call it hyperarousal. Okay, hyperarousal. And that means that you go into the state of fight or flight. So you will become, you will yell, you will become defensive, you will become pacing, like you will breathe really, <laughs> and then you will run away. You just be, will be uncomfortable, right? So you, you will experience panic, fear, rage. You just enter the survival mode and you just don't care anymore. You just don't care. You just wah, explode, right? So let me read here. So someone says, uh, learn something from Ruben Lowe here on Inside Timer about this. He has a life this moment or just below. Very interesting. Okay, you guys can check that. Uh, Emilio used one of your two techniques from the intentional dialogue to just sit and listen to the other person's beast um, with me without me reacting. Yeah, uh, the intentional dialogue is so important and it goes hand in hand with this exercise, okay? So so the, the first one is that, you just go to that state, okay? So that's how we react sometimes. We just explode and we are very verbal, yelling. The other state is what you guys mentioned. You just withdraw. You just say, I give up, I'm out of here. And then that's when you, you freeze, okay? You just freeze. And then you just shut down. So you feel exhausted, you are slow, you are tired, you are enduring, you are disassociated, okay? No feelings, you are numb, no connection whatsoever, lack of energy, okay? So the other state is way too much energy, right? So the, the, the other state is like, you just have so much energy, you are ready to fight, you are ready to yell, you are ready to express, because you don't care, you just keep wah, wah, wah. The other state is just, you just shut down, you just don't do anything, okay? So how do you guys normally react to, to your triggers? Would you say that you go up to the yelling state or would you say that you shut down completely and you just feel numb and you just disconnect and you just give up? Good morning, Carlos and Catherine. Susan, you've got this and we are rooting for you. Uh, escalate. So I, Amy says, so you escalate. So you go to the yelling, to the too much energy. Sue says, I can go both ways. Absolutely, you can. Good to see you here, and Carlos. <laughs> I go up to yelling, okay? Angie says, I shut down. I often go into hyperarousal, then go to a free state. So you have a cycle. First you explode, and then you just withdraw. Shut down. So as you guys see, it's okay to go either way. What's important is to find, it's to be aware of it. And this is not something that's gonna happen right away because when you start noticing things, it's gonna take a while for you to understand them. They're gonna still trigger you, but you are going to start watching those things, right? You're going to start identifying, okay, I went out of my window of tolerance when that specific thing happened. Maybe someone said something to you Maybe an experience happened, maybe someone cut you off, maybe whatever. Someone pushed, someone or something pushed a button in you and you left your window of tolerance. Meaning you either escalated and started yelling and feeling like aggressive or you went down to like, 
I, I give up, I shut completely down and I don't care and I don't communicate. So you go to either of those ways, right? So the first step is to identify those triggers. And I have some examples. One example, when I did this exercise with my therapist, I had the inspiration of, she inspired me to, to find my triggers, right? And then she said, Emilio, what's triggering you? Okay, so I kept track for it for a week. Okay, and then I started writing that things down. For example, I was, at that session, I was concentrating in a very specific situation that is a situation with my daughter, with eating, with mess, um, situation with my wife in that in that scenario, right? So what was coming up for me, the triggers for me were the mess. Like when Eva with my daughter is sitting and if she makes a mess, that triggers me, okay? Eva yelling and pushing me away. She's in the state that sometimes she doesn't want to see puppy, right? And sometimes it's my time to get her out of bed and get her ready and she just rejects, rejects me like, no puppy, no puppy, no puppy, go away. That sometimes triggers me. Sometimes I can take it and I'm patient and I find a way. Sometimes it triggers me, okay? Eva choosing mom. Uh, not respecting Sam's time alone. Sometimes that triggers me, right? Uh, feeling like a failure. Sometimes I just feel like a failure because I don't know how to do something. And then that triggers me. Lack of patience and energy. Sometimes I feel that when I'm, I'm, I'm being triggered, right? Uh, Samantha, my wife and I, having different standards on, on, on how to keep the kitchen clean. Sometimes that when that happens over and over and over, it triggers me because I feel that I don't feel care, I don't feel hurt, and it, it feels like she doesn't care about how I feel, right? That is not true, but that's how I feel, and that triggers me. So Tree says, I'm learning not to say, to not say anything while they are talking. Then I say, yes, that makes sense. That was very neutralizing for me and the other person. Yeah, Trish, that's great. When you are doing an intentional dialogue and you are listening to someone, it is not your job to fix, to give advice, to give your opinion, to... It's nothing about you. It's all about them. And it's so true. Those words, that makes sense. And is there more? So inviting them to keep going with whatever they are feeling that's so important because whatever the other person is feeling, it is true for them right now, okay? It is true for them right now. And if they are voicing that to you, you don't have to do anything with it. You have to just listen. Just create a container for them to be able to express themselves, okay? So thank you so much, Trish, for, for saying that. Uh, Linda says, Escalate, giving my husband more reason to tell me it's all my fault. Uh, okay, Emilio, your soul is so clearly loving with your vulnerability with you and with us. Thank you. You are welcome, Amy. <laughs> uh, I honestly, I find way more, I find easier to do sessions like this when I'm speaking from my own experience. Uh, if I'm not speaking from my own experience, I have a hard time letting things flow. So it's kind of selfish from my side to always choose something that I am familiar with because otherwise I will be just talking from my head and I will not be able to really communicate uh, how I feel or what I want to do, right? And sometimes I find that these sessions flow really well and they do because I don't have a structure. I'm not controlling everything. I'm just letting things flow, but I'm comfortable with it. 
because because I have done it right because it's my experience so it doesn't matter what angle what angle I choose to, to speak from so and then another trigger for me was finances right uh, especially buying a home because we want to move to a different home and I have so many limiting beliefs around that so that really triggers me and that's probably one of the main triggers that I have right now that I'm working through because I think there are a lot of things going on all at once okay so once once you identify the triggers uh, that you guys share some of you okay once you identify the triggers that you are experiencing then what do you think we can do next what do you think we can do next to move forward with those triggers Catherine, thank you so much, Catherine, for setting the alarm to attend this as much as you can. <laughs> I'm really honored. Uh, share with my fiancé. Okay, so Amy says, I share with my fiancé. Okay, work on limiting beliefs around those triggers. Amazing, Claire. Breathe. Pause. I have heard that waiting and not responding, reacting right away. Brenda, amazing. Uh, leave the situation. And everything is perfect, guys. Same, Brenda. So all, all these examples are beautiful and perfect because we all will need different things. And, and this is why this session is so important because say time out, because all of us have different ways of approaching things, right? And every trigger is going to affect us in a different way too, intensity-wise and then location-wise, people involved. Everything is going to be very different. And then sometimes it's going to be easier for you to talk about it sometimes it's gonna be too much that you just need time so you just need to kind of like have a time out and then connect with yourself maybe breathe breathing is so important we should always breathe doesn't matter what we are doing and i forget to breathe so many times and i i just tell myself here it is emilio diving again because it's like i'm diving and then i keep doing something and then it's like emilio breathe Emilio, breathe. You can breathe. You are not underwater, right? <laughs> writing a, a therapy email, but not sending and then rewriting it from a less emotional standpoint. Amazing, Julia. I love that. And with my wife, sometimes we write each other letters. First, because she loves uh, receiving something written by me. And second, because sometimes we are in such an emotional state that it's too much, too intense for us to talk face to face. We are too triggered. So a great in-between step for you to, to lower yourself, to just lower the charge that you have, is to just write, write something to that person. Sometimes you can give it to that person. Sometimes you don't even have to because as Julia said, it's just for yourself, okay? And this is important when you are trying to forgive someone. You can write a forgiveness letter to someone, but you don't have to even send it, okay? So before we keep going, I want to show you something that I think it's important for you to be aware of, okay? This is the emotional vibration scale. So what is this? These are, this is a list of all the emotions that we can experience, so the main ones, okay? Uh, so let me read, Charlotte says, I am at the point where I am recognizing my triggers and reminding myself that in the present time, I am safe. I do self-care afterwards to calm myself down. Amazing, Charlotte. Beautiful. Susan says, 
it is hard to take a time out when you are in an elevated state try to slow down the train of agitation before it leaves the, the station <laughs> that's amazing susan and that's what i'm about to share here okay i downloaded this online can you post this uh one though yeah love that yeah so i i will share this in the circle okay but this is the the emotional vibrational scale i'm we, we are going to talk about this in the next session next week because it's, this is related to the law of attraction and, and our energy. Uh, just try to stay on high energy, high vibration. But basically, this state that we have a neutral state, that this will be your window of tolerance, okay? This is when you are feeling calm, safe, relaxed. But then you may go up feeling like you can feel contentment, ho uh, hopefulness, optimism, positive expectation, enthusiasm, passion. And the first one is joy, love, freedom, appreciation, knowledge, and empowerment, okay? So that will be on the top of the positive emotions. And then from the neutral below, you have, I, I start from, from this to the bottom, okay? So you may feel bo bored, pessimism, frustration, impatience, irritation, overwhelm, disappointment, doubt, worry, blame, discouragement, anger, revenge, hatred, rage, jealousy, insecurity, guilt, unworthiness. So I'm not good enough. I don't deserve this. Uh, and then fear, grief, depression, powerlessness, and victim state. Okay. So some people here was, were saying when you are feeling somewhere here, you can't just do this and come here. It doesn't work like that. We don't have the capacity to do that, okay? Uh, Joanna says, I try not to storm out, say that I understand, and then I'll cool myself down. After that, even if it takes some days, I talk about the same thing, knowing that it will lead me to something constructive. Amazing, Joanna. So you are taking some time out to think about it, to reflect, to assimilate, and you most likely may feel in somewhere here, and then you, that time out, that mindfulness, that meditation, that walk in nature, whatever you do to calm yourself down, it's going to start taking you up step by step to your window of tolerance, right? And hopefully you will start doing more self-care and then it will take you up and up and up until you are on a really good state. But the thing is, the truth is that we are gonna be cycling through this throughout the day. And the lower we go, the more time, the more energy we need to come up, come back up, okay? And that's why I invite you to be gentle with yourself, guys. Sometimes if you are feeling in a very charged emotional state, when I say charged, I mean that you are charged. You, you have a lot of emotions are going on inside of you that are controlling you. They are starting to take you out of your window of tolerance. They are taking out you out of your window of, of comfort. And then when that starts happening, you may feel anxiety, you may feel overwhelmed, you may feel rage. And then you have to find tools to bring you down to, to that neutral state, okay? And then from that neutral state, you can then maybe do some gratefulness, maybe you can start being hopeful, start being optimistic, and then that's gonna climb you up to hopefully get to the top, that is joy, love, freedom, appreciation, etc. right? So Catherine says, when my twins were very small, when their arms struck a nerve, I will remind myself, they won't be this age, behave like this forever. 
maybe one day I might even be nostalgic about this childhood behavior. Catherine, I love that. And you know what my wife did? And it's so helpful. This is what she did. I don't know if you guys can see it. This is my daughter. Okay? So she put these photos beside her high chair where, where she eats. And then she invites me to look at them to just remind myself like my daughter is not even three years old. She's already eating by herself. She's using the spoon. She's using the fork. She's just, she's just learning. So Emilio, why are you so concerned about mess, right? And then when I look at these things, it just, I just can't be upset. I just can't because I'm looking at her. It's like, she's such a cutie. She's such a little thing that is learning. Why am I here pointing at her when she has a drop in her shirt? You know what I mean? Like it doesn't make any sense. So I also have this that I look at a lot of times, right? When I'm upset with my wife or, or when I'm upset with myself, I look at my family photo and I think, yeah, how lucky I am, how... So this is the next step, guys. When you have someone said, like, so what's, what happens when you identify the beliefs? When you, so the triggers, sorry. When you identify the triggers, <laughs> thank you. My family is uh, beautiful. Yeah, all families are beautiful, guys. And all kids that are tiny, they are so cute. I just love how cute they are. Uh, I do the same. It helps a lot to look at pictures. Yeah, wow, Emilio, gratitude conquers the negative reactions. Exactly. Emilio, you should put some food on your own face and enjoy the party. <laughs> Actually, <I> should. <laughs> totally should. Uh, so this is what I did. And this is another real situation that I faced, okay? So I took my daughter to art classes. I enrolled her in art classes. And then that was my initiative, right? So I, I read the description of the class and it said, uh, Montessori activities that promote like independence, promote creativity, promote all these great things, right? And I was, I mean, I wanna take Eva there because she's gonna love it. She can be independent, she can do her own thing. I can just watch someone else interacting with her uh, in a different setting. So I sign her up, right? So I went to the class and then they say, she's gonna have her own apron and then uh, blah, blah, blah. So I took her to class and guys, I had one of the worst mornings of my life. I thought I was gonna have a panic attack in there and I, I honestly didn't know what was going on. But what happened is that we went to the class and then uh, there were four kids Everybody was in a, in a different corner, okay? And then uh, there was no interaction with each other whatsoever. There was one teacher only. She was directing what to do, but she was not doing it with them. They were not doing Montessori activities. They were just painting a canvas. So she, my daughter, two years old, was supposed to paint a fox in a canvas following very specific instructions. So what happened? I was triggered. Why? Because when she was sharing the instructions, my daughter start, started rebel. Okay, she started to say, I don't want to do this. I don't want to mix blue with green. I don't want to use this specific toothbrush, uh, paintbrush to do the line. I don't want to, uh, whatever. So she started like confronting me and that triggered me. That was trigger one. It's like, wow, like Eva is getting messy, paint all over the place. They didn't give us a, an apron because they say because of COVID. 
and, and then so the, the mess was there and then the class description wasn't true it wasn't true at all so i asked her like uh, excuse me are we gonna do montessori activities she said yeah this is a montessori activity and it's like uh no this is not a montessori activity and the pictures that you have shows very different activities and it doesn't say anything about painting a canvas so and then she was saying no it's a montessori activity and this is what we are doing she never heard me she never like expressed oh maybe you are right nothing so that was trigger number two i had to voice myself and i have trouble doing that okay and then I, i'm gonna share why then i have to help people do everything and she's just rebelling against my against me she's crying she's like having a full tantrum in there and then I'm triggered because it's like, wow, I'm such a bad dad. I have no idea how to control this situation. The instructor doesn't involve herself at all. So it was my worst nightmare. So that day I was, guys, I was here. Like if you look, I was here. I was like, smoke was coming out of my head. I came home like feeling like, like in the emotional state, I was here. Honestly, I was like, what the hell is this? So I was very agitated, right? Way like too much. But then I remind myself, okay, Emilio, even if this is not what they, what I thought, it's still a good experience for Eva. And this is clearly a good learning opportunity for myself. There is so much that I can learn from this. So I took the time to do the exercise, right? Okay, what were the triggers? And, and this is what I invite you to guys do state clearly what what the triggers are in my case one two three i had four triggers right away happening at the same time and if i think about it mostly there are probably more than that okay uh i am 54 and i will not have like that <laughs> at two that was a lot for her yeah of course and and guys we all have mistakes we all but you have to like at least listen to the person right i was voicing something that what makes sense but i wasn't feeling hurt so again i was in that state because four different things were being triggered at the same time that's why i was like in this that day it took me the whole day to kind of cool down right and at the end of the, the day at night time i started to feel okay i think i'm inside i'm starting to be inside of my window of tolerance but i've been out the whole day because i was so agitated I was trying to understand what was happening. So the triggers were Eva getting messy, the class description wasn't true, I have to help Eva do everything and she rebels against me and cries and has a tantrum and then the instructor doesn't acknowledge my concern and keeps saying that she's right. Okay, so those were the triggers. So then you go to what are the beliefs, what are the beliefs behind those triggers, okay? And I see, I think Christine mentioned this, like the next step is to find the beliefs that create the triggers. So Eva getting messy, what is the belief? You have to stay always clean. Mess is not acceptable. That's my belief, okay? And then how was that belief created? That will be the next column. Because in my infancy, I remember clearly being sitting at the table with my parents and my dad specifically always saying, guys put your sleeves up guy get closer to your plate guys don't spill food the, on the table guys what are you doing pay attention right so that was my reality and i was thinking of course i have that belief okay trigger number two the class description wasn't true 
why is that a trigger? What, what's the belief behind that? The belief behind that is that the class description is not true. I am feeling frustrated and I have to clearly communicate that. So for me to be able to communicate that, I have to confront the person. I'm going to create a conflict. And of course, I am not good enough to speak up. Uh, someone will always be better than me. I most likely will say something that will be wrong. So that's the belief in my head, right? That's why I couldn't speak up right away there. And then what created that belief? When I was little, specifically my dad, mostly, he had a lack of praise to me. And he always pointed what I was doing wrong, okay? And then he wasn't doing that because intentionally he wanted to just be an asshole, no. He learned, he believed that the best way to show me how to become better was to tell me what I was doing wrong so that I could change that and then become a better person, right? I mean, it makes make sense for him, I guess. But in my case, what that did to me was that I always, my confidence was always really low. I was afraid of trying something new because I will fail. I will always do something wrong because you are learning, right? And then I will have someone with the finger at this saying, Emilio, you did that wrong. Emilio, that's not correct. So that's the belief behind this, okay? And that's what created that belief. The other trigger, I have to help Eva do everything and she rebels against me, okay? She cries, she screams, she puts me in a very like delicate situation. So my belief is I'm not good enough, I'm not a good dad, uh, I should always know what to do and then I should always be perfect. So this is not acceptable. I should have an answer for this, right? That's the belief I have. And then what created that belief? The same thing, kind of fear of, of failing, like a, always being reminded of what I was doing wrong, always, always, like I always made a mistake when I was doing something new. So I always was wrong. So that caused that belief to be created. Like I'm not good enough. I will never be able to do this right but it has to be perfect from, from the first time I try, okay? And then the last one, the instructor doesn't acknowledge my concern. So the belief behind that was you are not good enough to complain, okay? You may be wrong and they may, they may feel hurt by what you are saying. So we don't hurt people. We don't say something to people that, that, they may, that it may cause conflict. And that comes from my mom because my mom always avoided conflict. And my dad always, always had the energy, always made the decisions, always like, so the belief was created because lack of leadership from my side, fear of communication clearly because I may be wrong. And then I always saw my mom avoiding conflict. So we have to avoid conflict, okay? So that's how I did this exercise. What's coming up for you guys after me sharing all of this? So one, state clearly what the triggers are. Top three triggers. Two, what are the beliefs behind each one of these triggers? Three, how was that belief created? And four, what created that belief? Thank you, Amy. Yeah, that's correct. So you can relate. So now you have to do this exercise, right? And then I will invite you to do the exercise. And then once you, do, once you have the trigger, you have the belief, and you know how that belief was created, then it's time to change it. How do you change it? How can you change a belief? Anyone has 
like ideas anyone has done it before uh, I would love to read from you first before I share how I do it because there are a thousand ways of doing this but I would like to know how you guys are doing it great insight on defining how it was created taking a step back I feel the same way Emilio I am my own worst critic thank you Charlotte shadow work can you Lani explain what shadow work is for people uh, replace the old limiting beliefs with a new one placed on your values yes thanks for sharing that example uh, EFT I just write the exact opposite of the belief. Change belief by looking for contrary evidence. Affirmations. Great, guys, you already know a lot of stuff, right? I will add here a huge one. What do you think is a huge one to be able to let go of the belief, let go of the energy around that belief, and be able to move forward? What would you say you have to do the most? especially when there is a person involved, like your dad or your mom. Take a breath for me. Forgiveness. Absolutely. Forgiveness. Why? What happens if you don't forgive, guys? If you cannot forgive, that person is always going to have control over you. And I, I wouldn't say the person, I would say what happened, that past experience, it's always going to be controlling you because you were not able to change the belief that came from that experience. Just start working on accepting the parts of yourself that you haven't fully embraced. Exactly. So you have to embrace, you have to understand, and then you have to forgive and let go. And forgiving doesn't mean that you are stating that that thing was right or was wrong. You are not supporting the person who did it. You are not doing, you are not doing anything else with it because it no longer serves you. It's in the past, okay? It no longer serves you. You cannot change it. What happened, happened. Yeah, we stay locked in resentment, absolutely. Cancel. You hold on to the feelings around the past experience. Absolutely, Claire. And when you do that, when you do that, where, where, where are you normally on your window of tolerance when you are feeling that way? When you have so much resentment, are you here? Or, or, or would you say that you are always going back and forth from up and down, right? And when you are feeling resentment, where are you on the, on the vibrational, emotional scale? Okay? Are you, are you in passion? Are you in optimism? Are you on hopefulness, contentment, joy? Or are you on pessimism are you frustration are you worry blame blame are you anger are you revenge so those revenge is right it's down here guys so when you are not able to forgive you are going to stay here all the time and then when you are here all the time how is it is for you to tap into these things how easy it is for you to tap into joy, into passion, into flow? How easy? How much work you have to do to go from here all the way here? And then go down here. And then work your way up doing meditation, good inside time and life sessions, doing, and then hopefully you start tapping into this and then all of a sudden you tap into that resentment again, boom, and you come down here again, like this. That's why it's so important to, to change, to do the shadow work to do the introspection and really look at your beliefs, okay? 
So I wanna share with you an exercise that my wife did with the same therapist, okay? We share therapists. And I did my window of tolerance, and then my wife took it one step, one step deeper. And this is about the forgiveness, okay? And this is about understanding how we perceive the world and how we react to the emotions. So the exercise was about doing this. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There are like ten basic emotions, right? So there is joy, there is love, there is pride, calm, sad, mad, confront, fear, embarrassment, disappointment, and anxiety. Okay? So these are the emotions that the, the therapist invited my wife and she went to do errands. I invited her to come and, and speak to you guys about this experience, but she's not here. So I'm gonna do it for her. But basically she had to take these 11 experiences and then ask herself, how do I express these emotions? Okay. And then for example, joy, she says, I smile, uh, grandchildren line up. So she has to try to remember how she was like perceiving that emotion in, in her infancy and how she does it, how she expresses that emotion. And the word that is the most interesting one is that she had to do this with her mom and her dad. So she asked, she did this work with her mom and then she started asking her questions about her infancy, her childhood. And then she was asking her, mom, how did your mom and your dad like express joy to you? How did your mom and your dad express love to you? How did your mom and your dad express fear to you? And then she had to respond. Like for example, fear, mom will say, not sure, no projection, uh, bottle up. And then dad, action to get around it, beat it, can't control it. Uh, so they start coming up with, with answers, right? And then when you start understanding why they were raised the way they were and what they learned from their parents, how much more empathy will you have for your parents or for the person that did something to you? If you can picture them as a, you can picture them as a three-year-old like this, okay? This is the person that did something to you. You picture them like this, and then you visualize how their life was, you visualize what they, what they were exposed to, and you visualize why they did what they did to you. Once you can tap into that, how much more compassionate can you be? How much more empathetic can you be with that person? So Amy says, uh, shadow work is embracing negative emotions instead of repressing them so they don't come out in unconscious, harmful ways. We embrace the shadow and the light, the full spectrum of what it means to be alive, not just spirituality bypass difficult parts of the human experience. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Amy. This is amazing. And why is this so important? Because we all going, we are all going to feel these emotions. They are not bad emotions. They are necessary emotions for us to, to learn, for us to be able to change. Okay? And we all have childhood traumas. Uh, there is also what's called child, inner child work. 
okay? Inner child work is, is something like this. It's really understanding, really seeing the little child that you have in yourself and understanding the beliefs that you formed when you were little and why you formed there and then cutting that energetic connection with, with those beliefs. Because we all learn when we are, we are very little how to interact with the world. We all learn beliefs that will keep us safe at that moment. But those beliefs, maybe now, they are no longer serving us. But we are still stuck with them. We even choose our partners based on those beliefs, based on those dynamics and interactions that we saw when we were little. And this is interesting. <laughs> For those of you who are not aware, you may choose your partner based on similarities of the partner with your dad, the partner with your mom, the dynamics that you saw when you were little, because they are familiar to you, because they are going to keep you in that window of tolerance, in that familiarity, comfort zone. Okay? Great book for shadow work, The Dark Side of the Light Chasers by Debbie Ford. Thank you, Lani. I'm not aware of that book, so I will check it out for sure. <clears throat> Emilio, for me, as an empath, I have to express my anger first. Anger is the first stage of forgiveness. Otherwise, I just spirituality bypass my pain, still get triggered and end up feeling like, why can't I let this go? What was wrong with me? Yeah, Amy, that, that's great. And some people, uh, this is true, like all the emotions, they all have an energy attached to that. And that energy, it is somewhere in our body, right? And you have to release that energy. You can just say, I forgive and now I move on. No, that energy is gonna be inside of you. You have to find a way to, to release it, right? And I have seen some people releasing that energy by screaming really out loud in their car. They go to a mountain where no one can hear them and they just scream as loud as they can. Some people grab a pillow and they just scream into the pillow. Some people beat a pillow, like they, that's how they release their energy. Uh, some people allow themselves to have a tantrum and then a tantrum is just, uh, you just stand up and then you just start doing like, I don't want this, and then you just go crazy. You go bananas, you let yourself express everything out and then guys you move your energy you really do move that energy outside okay you may also choose a a partner because no one modeled it for you yeah amazing if you can have someone showing you how to do it that's even better uh expertise uh, same amy exercise i resonate with that amy yeah, so again, we all have different ways of, of, of releasing these things. But at the end of the day, so this is the process that I am doing right now. And maybe I change it two months from now. But what, what's working for me, what's helping me right now is identifying the triggers and then identifying the beliefs behind that trigger that are. And I do that by sometimes, sometimes I get altered and then I come back to calmness by doing some self-care or by doing an activity that takes me away from that experience. Sometimes I meditate and then I try to get, gain clarity of why I feel that way. Sometimes I speak with my therapy. Sometimes I share it with my wife. Uh, so there are different ways of doing this, right? But at the end of the day, it's like understanding the belief and then understanding why you form that belief. You have to question that belief. Some people say use affirmations, do the contrary. So rephrase the belief to being something more empowering to you. Amazing work. And then when you feel that there is resentment, when you feel like, for example, with my dad, my dad still controlled me until like two or three years ago. 
not in an intentional way, but I always was influenced by him. I always was feeling that energy. And I saw that energy in every, every male powerful figure in my life. Any boss I had, any man that seems powerful and energetic, I always saw my dad reflected in that person. And what do you think I did when I sensed that? Do you think I was confident? Or do you think I was just the little three-year-old Emilio? I will just retract myself. I will be afraid of speaking up. I will be afraid, afraid of failure. I will not try new things because I will be wrong. You know what I mean? Like all this stuff came up with every single person that represented my dad's figure in my life. Okay? So when that happens, you have to find a way to cut that connection. You have to find a way to like, as Claire was saying, or Amy, like release that. And I was able to do that. Thank you to a friend that he did an energy releasing session with me. And basically he had me voice out what I wanted from my dad. He took me back to when I was little and then took me back to situations where my dad was doing something that created those beliefs. And then he had me tell him what I wanted. And then he had me like tell my own inner child what I would like to hear, what I would have liked to hear at that point, right? And then I just took over that role. It's not my dad's figure anymore controlling me, it's myself controlling my inner child and creating new beliefs for myself. So I hope this helps you guys. I don't know, I've done that in the workplace before. I realized one day that I reacted to my boss like I did with my dad, embarrassing. Yeah, Carol, it's, this is normal for everybody. Don't feel embarrassed, please, because this is a reality for all of us. Some of us are aware of it, some of us are not aware of it. Uh, Amy, yes, my fiance pulled over the car once and said, okay, let's get your mother out of this car. <laughs> he pulled over and I screamed blood curling screams. Another time he picked up a pillow off the couch and said, punch. Then he said, next time, remind me to get a bigger pillow for you. Uh, amazing, guys. I was, in a, I was in a workshop one time and then uh, it was about inner child work. Okay, and this person show how he releases energy and it was he went to his bedroom, he grabbed a pillow and he just kicked the hell out of that pillow, like saying like F words, like he went bananas. It was scary to watch him and he said, if you are going to be triggered, don't watch this. But this is how I do it. He did it and then it just feels so good. Okay, do whatever you have to do, guys to move that energy. Just move it out of your body. And movement is something that really helps. Fear and abandonment from that, leaving the family now, have to be there for myself. Thank you, Christine, for sharing. Best workshop ever because Emilia sharing personal and relatable experiences. Thank you, Susan. So this is what I have for you guys today. Uh, I would like to give a shout out to this book that I was reading again. I'm pretty sure that you guys are familiar with Louis Hay. Uh, Amy sounds like your fiance connects to you beautifully, wonderful, yes. So I was reading this book and then uh, it's such a good reminder and, and she's such a pioneer of, of this kind of work, but it's just guiding you through the process, right? Of forgiveness, visualization, all the beliefs. And then at the end of the book, it shows you how to implement these things in every area of your life. And it's just such a wonderful reminder, right? And I remember when I was probably 13 years old or 12 years old, I don't know how 
I got a tape from her in Spanish. I was in Spain at that time, right? And I was listening every day to that tape. And it was like a, it was like a, a meditation kind of like tape to, to take you to sleep. But I was introduced to her by that tape. And then I started reading other books. And then I started to connect with what she says, right? Like with the energy, with the emotions, with how our thinking, our inner talk can really change your life because you are going to create something different by, by what you believe. What you believe, what you think about is what you are going to create, right? And we're going to be talking about that in the next session next week uh, about the law of attraction. We're going to learn how to maintain our, our vibration high, learn how to stay positive. But that doesn't mean that you have to forget about the shadow work, about the inner child work, about all the things that we have inside that we have to heal. Because Louis Hay says that you have to heal. And healing starts with your emotions. Because she believes, and I believe too, we all have the right of, of wellness. We all have the right of abundance. We all have the right of love. We are born with that right. That's not something that you have to earn. This is available for all of us. The only thing that we do, that our parents do, our society does, anything, we create barriers, we create resistance to receiving those things. It is sometimes us that we don't allow ourselves to be worth it. We don't allow ourselves to receive. Someone says, thank you for that, and we can't even take it. <laughs> Guys, we can even take it sometimes. Sometimes people say thank you to me and I can't take it. I don't say, oh, you are welcome. That's nice. No, I just change subjects because it feels uncomfortable. Okay. So guys, think about those things. I have done a lot of inner child work for the past, for the last four years in EMDR. The complex PTSD I work on is all from childhood trauma. It's such a huge reminder about how important it is that we work on ourselves so that we don't pass these traumas onto our children beautiful charlotte so beautiful and i just want you to remind that we are all victims of victims meaning my dad my mom wouldn't be able to show me something that they didn't see themselves so if your parents didn't have the opportunity to learn how to express love how to be praise you how to like uh, be mindful, stuff like that, it's because most likely they didn't have the opportunity to learn it from their parents, from their environment. And that's why the forgiveness piece is so much easier when you can understand that, when you can connect with that three-year-old person, raising themselves up in an environment that wasn't supportive, and then they trying their best to do what they know with the best that they have, okay? So it's not justifying what they did, it's just understanding and some extra tools to help you forgive. Uh, Claire, Megan on Inside Timer did a great talk on polyvalent theory. Amazing. Uh, wow, Amy, that's a great example of the subconscious at work. I was not here from the beginning, but the part I caught it was amazing. Thank you so much, Emilio. Thank you, Joanna. Uh, Megan is another great teacher. Amy, polyvalent theory is so interesting. I think I am familiar with Megan. I will check her out. I'm taking so many courses, guys, on, on, on Inside Timer. I'm loving it. And I, I did share some of them in the circle with you guys, some that I liked. But yeah, there are so many, so many amazing teachers and so many amazing courses here. So guys, keep learning. Uh, 
Okay, we are almost on time, guys. Yeah, 60 minutes right now, amazing. <laughs> What's the last name? It's Megan, uh, oh, oh, thank you, Megan Kirk. I will check her work. Chuck, amazing, I will check her work. Thank you so much. Guys, if you enjoy this session uh, and you want to support me with a donation, just feel free to click somewhere here and donate. Uh, if not, you can also support me by following me by taking some of my courses that I have here on Inside Timer and, and just leaving a participating in the course classroom. Okay. And just thank you for being here, guys. You create this space, you create this energy, and I just love being here with you. Next week, I'm going to be away, but I will be live on Thursday. Okay. So I will skip the Tuesday class because where, I, where I'm going is camping and I don't have internet there, but I will, I will share, uh, I will share with you more information about this, okay? And we're gonna be talking about a book that talks about strategies to help you keep your vibration high, okay? <laughs> get dirty, I will get dirty. We're gonna bring raining uh, gear. And yeah, please uh, join my circle if you haven't yet, Your Thriving Lifestyle, and then I will share a recording of this session and you can access the recordings of the other sessions here too. I will share a link, okay? Emilia, thank you so much for creating and holding this space, uh, sharing for all of us. Thank you, Sammy. I love Life Coach Lori and, um, and Michael B. Thank you, Michael Bianco. I'll check it out. Michael Bianco. Uh, can I come camping with you? I will feed Eva. Amy, come. <laughs> She will love being with you. She loves with, with being with other people, okay? Okay, guys, uh, before I go, do you guys have any specific questions that you would like me to address before I leave? I have to say I love this session. Uh, I love how much guys you shared. Uh, I love how aware you guys are of your own work. Uh, when is the scale workshop? Uh, I'm going to do it on Thursday. Okay, Thursday next week at 10 a.m. And the session is already created. Thank you, Emilio, and everyone here. I feel much more positive about going into this treatment today. Thank you. Susan, wishing you all the best and sending you great vibes for that session, okay? Remember that you have the power to change and it's great that you are getting help. So good luck and you're gonna do great. I'm grateful as always for your beautiful energy and teachings. Thank you, Emilio. Thank you, Nati Nati. Okay, guys, lovely positive energy. Thank you, Savannah. Have an amazing rest of your day. Whatever you are about to do, remember to set the intention. Uh, Becca, it is recorded and I will share the recording in probably 20 minutes, okay? In the circle. So you will find the recording there. Okay, guys, have an amazing Thursday. Enjoy your weekend and I will see you on Thursday at 10 a.m. for the next session, okay? Adiós.